WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hi, this is Father Dwight Campbell. I'm back on the air after a, a short break unintended because of technical difficulties here at the studio. I'm glad to be back for our, our Marian Hour on this 10th day of March, 2021. And, well, I'd, I'd like to begin, as I usually do, with my favorite prayer to Our Lady, the Memorare, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O Almost most gracious Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to pray to, uh, to Our Lady that everything works well today. Uh, this is the first broadcast that I'm doing with the, the new board, I guess it's called. Is it, yeah, is the new mixing board. The yes. new mixing board. Okay. And we're, we're not able to take calls yet, right? Not yet. Okay, but hopefully we have the capacity to do that. We do. Okay, so... And then uh, you'll be able to get questions. Yes, yes. So and maybe you'll wish that <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I look forward to those. Uh, that will be a little more interactive with our, our listening audience, so I'm looking forward to that day. Hopefully it will come soon when I'll be able to take questions um, <coughs> live from the audience calling in. So we, we hope that will be done. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask Angela, because I like my uh, audience to participate, and she's the only one able to participate now, sitting right across in the next room. Um, so what feast, what great, 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 great feast do we celebrate this month? Well, some people call it the Incarnation. Some yes. people call it the Annunciation. That's correct. That's yes. correct. Did I, did I get that right? That's absolutely right. Wow. Yes. And it is March 25th, exactly nine months before December 25th. And <clears throat> this is the Annunciation Day when the angel Gabriel is sent by God to announce to the Virgin Mary that she will be the mother of the Son of God in his human line, the Son of David. And <clears throat> when Mary utters her fiat, let it be done to me as you say, the greatest event in the history of the world takes place. The Word becomes flesh. The Son of God becomes man while remaining God. And <clears throat> This is the event that uh, 
The whole of creation looked forward to the fullness of time. St. Paul calls it in Galatians 4.4, in the fullness of time. Um, so the fullness of time, all creation is ordered toward the Son of God who becomes man in Mary's womb. And uh, after this, of course, Jesus, after he's conceived in Mary's womb, he, he is born nine months later in Bethlehem. And <clears throat> he grows up one day to offer himself in sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And this is actually the season we're looking forward to right now, the season of Lent. Uh, it culminates in the Paschal Mystery, the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So anyway, th th I'll, I'll be back here in two weeks, God willing, on March 24th, the day before the Feast of the Annunciation or the Incarnation to speak more fully about that. But I'd like today to, to speak about something very much related to that, at least for the first part of, of this Marian hour. Um, <clears throat> the Blessed Virgin Mary conceives and gives birth to the Son of God, the head of the Church, the mystical body. And we believe that her role in the economy of salvation, as it's called, does not end there. That's what separates us from the Protestants, because the Protestants think, oh, after Mary gave birth, she's done. Nothing more for her to do. Okay. Um, basically, I mean, she, she raises him, but she doesn't have any real role in the church. Well, no, that's, that's not what we believe as Catholics. That's not what the truth is. And Mary continues her motherly role, which was prophesied by our Lord Jesus Christ as he's dying on the cross when he says, referring to Mary, woman, behold your son, and to the apostle John, behold your mother. And this is an affirmation that in God's plan, Mary would be our spiritual mother. So she is our spiritual mother, especially of all the members of Christ's mystical body. And she is, as the Second Vatican Council, chapter eight of the document Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution on the church calls her our, our mother in the order of grace. Now, what does she do as our spiritual mother in the order of grace? Well, here is what Lumen Gentium 63 says. The Son of God, whom she, that is Mary, brought forth, is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren. That's a quote from Romans 8.29. That is the faithful in whose generation and formation she cooperates with a mother's love. Okay. So what does that mean? In whose generation and formation 
she cooperates in bringing forth the faithful. Jesus is the firstborn. We are then other children of God in whose generation and formation Mary cooperates with a mother's love. So I'll throw this out to Angela. What do you think that means, Angela? Whose generation and formation Mary is cooperating. What do you think that? Say it again, Father. That. Please. The Vatican Council teaches that Mary brings forth the head of the mystical body, Jesus Christ, and she also cooperates in the generation and formation of the faithful, the members of Christ's body. Yes. She's the mother of Christ, Christ the mystical body of church. Therefore, she would be the mother of us, and she's responsible for generating the faithful. Us, yes, and... Besides generating, she just doesn't... And what formation. Yes, and formation. Yes. yes. Now, a mother doesn't just give birth and leave her child, mm-hmm. right? No. A mother a mother conceives, gives birth, and then uh, actually the Latin word used in the Vatican Council document is educandos, okay? meaning she, she's educating, she's forming us. That is what a mother does, forms and educates children. So that formation, generation, and then formation and education is what Mary, our mother, does. And, well, what is she forming all the members into? Another Christ. Yes, precisely. That's it. Yes another Christ. And here I'll turn to St. Louis Marie de Montfort, his, his marvelous work, The True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin, where he takes up this theme, and it's the, at, at the beginning, the first major part of his True Devotion. If you've ever read The True Devotion, uh, for those out there who have read it, uh, you'll recall, and for those who don't, um, it is numbered. I don't know if Louis de Montfort numbered it. He might have, but it's, it's very easy to get around in, in the true devotion because it's numbered like paragraphs. And in number 20, this is what St. Louis de Montfort says. God, the Holy Spirit, became fruitful through Mary, whom he espoused. And when did he do this? Well, he espoused her actually at her Immaculate Conception, filled her with grace to a degree that only God can comprehend it, as uh, Blessed Pius XI said in his dogmatic definition of the Immaculate Conception. And so, the Holy Spirit is espoused to Mary, this beautiful idea of espousal, which is something that the Church, in its mystical tradition, all the great mystics talk about us being spouses of, of Christ or, or of the Holy Spirit or of God. 
And but Mary is par excellence the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And this happens at the Immaculate, at the Immaculate Conception. But St. Louis de Montfort is talking here, he becomes fruitful through Mary, whom he espoused. Especially, he's referring here to the Incarnation. Okay. So, remember, what, what does the angel, the archangel Gabriel, say to Mary when she says, how can this be since I do not know man? He responds, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Okay and you will conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit becoming fruitful through Mary, producing Jesus Christ. As St. Louis de Montfort goes on to say in the same paragraph, it was with her, in her, and of her that he, the Holy Spirit, produced his masterpiece, God made man. So, the Holy Spirit produces this, this masterpiece of masterpieces, <laughs> the Son of God, uh, who, while remaining God, becomes man in Mary's womb. He forms the, the human nature taken from Mary, okay? Um, and Jesus is, is truly man. He's got a human body, a human soul, with a human intellect, a human will. St. Louis de Montfort, in the same paragraph, goes on to say, okay, the Holy Spirit espouses Mary with her, in her, of her. He produced the great masterpiece, God made man, and okay, he produces every day until the end of the world the members of this adorable head that is us. St. Louis de Montfort is, is basically staying, saying in, in a more expanded version what the Second Vatican Council taught, that the Holy Spirit uh, works through Mary. Mary gives birth, uh, brings forth, and forms, educates the members of the head the members of Christ's mystical body. And <clears throat> St. Louis goes on to say, this is number 20 of the True Devotion, for this reason, the more he finds Mary, his dear and inseparable spouse in a soul, the more powerful and effective he becomes in producing Jesus Christ in that soul and that soul in Jesus Christ. And that is, that is just something you can uh, ponder for, uh, well, for the rest of one's life, what, what Mary is doing. And in us, um, we, through, through Mary, okay, the Holy Spirit uses her as, I like to say, his living human instrument. She gives birth to the members that is the life of Christ in us, and she forms and educates us. And not only that, and here's the inspiration for devotion to Mary, because this comes from his book, True Devotion to Mary. The more the Holy Spirit finds Mary, 
his inseparable spouse in a soul, the more powerful, effective he becomes in producing Jesus Christ in that soul and that soul in Jesus Christ. So what is that telling us? What, 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 are, we, what are we gaining from that? Well, that the greater devotion and love we have for Mary, the more the Holy Spirit will form Christ in us. So if we want to be more like Jesus, have a greater devotion to Mary. We go, as St. Louis de Montfort famously says, we go to Jesus through Mary. And not only that, we become Jesus through Mary. Not only go to her to get to Jesus, but we become Jesus through Mary. This is what St. Louis de Montfort is saying here which is just you know, amazing if, if we think about it. And in the very next paragraph, number 21, St. Louis says, The Holy Spirit chose to make use of our Blessed Lady, although he had no absolute need of her, in order to become actively fruitful in producing Christ and his members in her and by her. So God doesn't have to use Mary to form Christ in us, okay? He doesn't. God can do whatever he wants. God didn't have to use Mary to bring Jesus into the world. He could have, like Adam, just created him whole and entire as an adult. Boom, 30 years of age, he could have started his preaching, come down from heaven, fully formed adult man-God, okay? But he didn't do it that way. God united Mary in, in, this, in this work of redemption and salvation. And the same with form, with giving birth, generating, and then forming and educating Christ in us. God doesn't have to use Mary. He's not bound by this, but he does use Mary. And that's the point St. Louis de Montfort is making. And he says, this is a mystery of grace, unknown even to many of the most learned and spiritual of Christians. I wonder how many of our Catholics out in the pews realize that the more deep devotion they have to Mary, the more the Holy Spirit sees Mary in them, the more he will form Christ in them. It is a really um, um, a beautiful mystery that I don't think is preached enough and, and understood by, by most Catholics. And this is an incentive, really, to, to deepen one's devotion to Mary. And St. Louis de Montfort later goes on to say that the correct response to knowing this is to consecrate oneself to Mary. You do a total consecration to, to Mary. It's really to Jesus through Mary, but you know, just to shorten it, a total consecration to Mary. And this is the way we can become more Christ-like. Now, I, I see we're, I'm, we're 20 minutes into the hour. Maybe we should— Yes, can I just yeah. ask you a quick question about sure. that? <clears throat> so the consecration to Mary, I know, 
Yes, the uh, consecration to Mary, I know that, uh, is that better, Father? Yeah, we're, even down a little more. We're tweaking yeah. this board here. Yeah. So as we talk, as we do a show, we're kind of um, testing it back and forth. But I know there's different types of consecration to Mary. Uh, the Louis de Montfort one, I think you would have had a start in February to make the date of March 25th. Are there other ones that you could recommend for people if they'd like to get the consecration in by March 25th? Um, Did no, you do that? Not, well, uh, you can look at at um, St. Maximilian Kolbe. You know, it's just he he tells people to just pray and make the consecration. I don't think he has any set number of days. The MI, the, the uh, Militia Immaculate, they, their website, mm -hmm. you know, you can look on there and, and, you know, there's a little consecration prayer. But, um, you know, you can, you can prepare yourself for a consecration more fully by using the St. Louis de Montfort method because his 33 days is a preparation for the consecration. And it's what he recommends. And the de Montfort fathers have a new uh, version, a newer version that I've been using in recent years of the preparation, which makes it a little simpler than what St. Louis de Montfort, um, uh, I think, maybe originally proposed, or, or the f his followers, actually, okay? Uh, and and people really like it. And I'll, I'll probably be, be teaching in May and June, um, uh, a course on the true devotion to Mary at St. Therese Parish. I do this every couple of years. I invite people to come and, and I go through the true devotion, explain what this means, and then encourage them to do a 33-day preparation. And, um, you know, they there are some Marian feasts during the summer where one could, you know, end the day before, like at the Assumption of Our Lady, August 15th. Uh, there are other Marian feasts and uh, make the total consecration that way. Mm -hmm. Or the okay. visitation in May. Uh, Does that well, count as not really? No, no, that's that's a Marian feast. But not I mean, I'm, I'm saying with, with my program that oh, I do, okay. I do a, like a four or, or five week uh, instruction and then... And then people, uh, I don't get finished until mid-June, so then people have opportunities to pick up uh, a Marian feast, you know, ahead of uh, sometime in the future. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take a break, Father, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Nancy Martin, and I'm coming to you from the University of Notre Dame, and I'm here with Father Jenkins, the president. Any form of communication, I think, in today's world is extremely important, and Catholic Radio reaches audiences that we can't reach in other ways, so uh, it's an important work of evangelization with the Pope is very high on. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 
1-800-600-6048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hello, this is Father Campbell, um, back for the second portion of the Marian Hour, and uh, and we're talking today. Um, I was doing a show, somewhat linked to the feast, the great feast we'll be celebrating in a couple of weeks, March twenty fifth, um, the Annunciation of the Incarnation and Birth of Our Lord. And I thought I would talk about uh, the Annunciation in a couple of weeks on March 24th, my next show, but today I'm speaking about what Mary does after she conceives, gives birth to Jesus, and, and cooperates with him in... Um, our salvation and redemption, especially at the foot of the cross, and specifically how how Mary um, brings forth and then forms the members of Christ's mystical body. I quoted from the Second Vatican Council document, Lumen Gentium 63, the dogmatic constitution on the Church, which says, the Son, whom she, Mary, brought forth, is he whom God placed as the firstborn of many brethren, that is, the faithful, in whose generation and formation she cooperates with a mother's love. So, um, actually, that very quote is found in the Catechism. I like to point that out. It's, it's number 501 in the Catechism where you read that very quote, quoting Lumen Gentium 63. So it is, it is an official teaching of the Church that Mary not only conceived, gave birth, and um, when Jesus was you know, a baby, you know, formed Jesus, you know, helped to educate him, that's what a mother does, but this is her motherly work with us. This is part of her spiritual motherhood in the order of grace. And I was pointing to and quoting uh, St. Louis de Montfort. I think the, the Council Fathers, in formulating this language, uh, probably looked to St. Louis de Montfort, his true devotion to Mary, where he says that... Um, God the Holy Spirit became fruitful through Mary, whom he espoused. He produced his greatest masterpiece, God made man, and he produces every day the members of the body of this adorable head, that is us. 
Okay. And the Holy Spirit uses Mary, as I said, as his, his living human instrument. He had no absolute need to use Mary now to, to um, bring forth and, and form and educate the members of Christ's body. No, God doesn't have absolute need of the Blessed Virgin Mary to generate and form the members of Christ's mystical body, but God's plan is that, yes, because Mary he used to form the head, it's natural, it follows logically that the Holy Spirit should use Mary to form the members. In fact, um, this is what St. Louis de Montfort says. Um, if we continue reading um, number 31 in the True Devotion, he says, God the Son wishes to form himself and, in a manner of speaking, become incarnate in every day, every day in the members of his body through his dear mother. And number 32, if Christ, the head of mankind, is born of her, uh, the members of this head must also, as a necessary con consequence, be born of her. One and the same mother does not give birth to the head without the members, okay? nor to the members without the head. For these would be monsters in the order of nature. Well, you would have a monster if you're just giving birth to a head without members or members of a body without a head. So uh, he says in the order of grace, likewise, the head and members are born of the same mother. That is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Very beautiful to contemplate that uh, we not only uh, go uh, to Jesus through Mary, okay, but we become Jesus through Mary. And this is what St. Louis teaches. This is what the Second Vatican Council teaches. Now, St. Louis goes on to say, I'll quote him again in number 33. He says, Moreover, Jesus is still as much as ever the fruit of Mary, as heaven and earth repeat thousands of times a day. Where do we repeat this, that Jesus is still the fruit of Mary? Every time we say, Thy Hail Mary. Yes, yes, yes. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Okay. Therefore, it is certain, says Louis de Montfort, that Jesus is the fruit and gift of Mary for every single man who possesses him, just as truly as he is for all mankind. Consequently, if any of the faithful have Jesus formed in their heart, they can boldly say, it is thanks to Mary that what I possess is Jesus, her fruit. And without her, I would not have him. Okay. St. Louis goes on to say, we can attribute more truly to her what St. Paul said of himself. Now, here's a quote from St. Paul. 
uh, he kind of combines two verses of St. Paul. One is Galatians 4.19. The other is Ephesians 4.13, where St. Paul, um, I'll quote the quotes here, says, I am in labor again with all the children of God until Jesus Christ, my son, is formed in them to the fullness of his age. Okay. Well, um, this is what Mary is saying, okay, because actually St. Paul said, I am in labor with all the children of God until Christ be formed in them. Okay. So, um, and because St. Paul says, I am in labor again with all the children of God until Jesus Christ is formed in them, how much more can Mary say this? St. Paul was, how did, how did St. Paul uh, bring forth children for the kingdom? Well, through his preaching, through his teaching. He baptized, okay? How much more can Mary say this? Because Mary, being our spiritual mother, uh, she is, and here we get into another doctrine related to her spiritual motherhood, she is the mediatrix of all the grace of Christ, so she mediates the grace of Christ, which includes the sacramental graces. So when we are born again of water and the Spirit at, in baptism, this is through Mary. The Holy Spirit does not work without her. This is when we are, are brought forth, and then Mary forms and educates us in Jesus Christ. And St. Louis de Montfort goes on to say, number 33 in the True Devotion, still reading the same paragraph, St. Augustine affirms that in order to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, the predestinate, that is us, while in the world, are hidden in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, where they are protected, nourished, cared for, and developed by this good mother, until the day she brings them forth to a life of glory after death which the Church calls the birthday of the just. That's actually when, when saints, the, the day of their death, we, we call it their birthday. Okay? That's, that's a tradition because they enter heaven. Um, and um, St. Louis says, this, this is a mystery indeed of grace unknown to the reprobate and little known even to the predestinate. In other words, those that have cooperated with, with God's plan and, and have been reborn through water and the Spirit and are living the life of grace on the road to the kingdom. So uh, I'll quote here again the next paragraph, True Devotion, number 34. God the Holy Spirit wishes to fashion his chosen ones in and through Mary. This is, this is the Holy Spirit's desire because he desired to fashion the head through Mary and uh, it follows that God's plan doesn't change. He wants to form the members in Mary as well. How much more so if the head was formed in them should the members be formed in them, basically, okay? And then he, the Holy Spirit tells her, this is St. Louis putting words in the mouth of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, Reproduce yourself, then, in my chosen ones, 
so that I may have the joy of seeing in them the roots of your invincible faith, your profound humility, your total mortification, your sublime prayer, your ardent charity, your firm hope, all your virtues. In other words, we should be imitating Mary in order to have the Holy Spirit be able to better form Christ in us. And I'll just mention here that um, that the imitation of Mary is the essence of St. Louis de Montfort's plan of total consecration to Mary. The most effective, efficacious way of consecrating yourself to Mary, living out that, that consecration, is imitation. If we imitate Mary, then the Holy Spirit sees Mary in us. We imitate her virtues. Again, you know, he, to repeat them, he's, you know, her invincible faith. When did she exhibit her invincible faith? For example. Well, at the Annunciation. Yes, because she had to put faith in the angel's words that she, you know, how is this going to happen? I know not man. I'm a virgin. The angel reassures her, you will conceive by the Holy Spirit. She puts faith in his words. She says, then let it be done to me as you say. And then, um, when again is her great the foot of the test cross. of faith, the foot of the cross. Okay, she's again... Um, manifesting that faith in an heroic manner, even more so than, remember a couple of weeks ago, we, we had uh, our first reading for Lent. I think it was the second Sunday, Abraham uh, offering his son up. And he was willing to do this in, in faith, believing, St. Paul tells us in Hebrews, that, um, that God would raise him from the dead. God had made this promise through this son of yours, Isaac, your descendants will number like the stars of the sky, the sand on the seashore. Abraham is still ready to, and, and begins. I mean, he's, he's, he has willed to sacrifice his son, uh, believing that God will not fail in his promises, that he would raise him from the dead. That's what, that's what we, we find uh, St. Paul telling us in the epistle to the Hebrews. I'll just say this. I know that the authorship of St. Paul with the Hebrews is debated. I take the side that he, he's the author. I think there's good evidence for this. Uh, Dr. Scott Hahn has a whole study on this where he <laughs> agrees, okay, and he quotes others. So, um, so anyway, um, with, um, with Mary, we see, we see the, the model of our faith in the New Testament under the New Covenant. She's at the foot of the cross, uttering her second fiat, as, as I like to call it, and, and offering her son in sacrifice for our sins. So, her invincible faith, her profound humility. Okay. When does Mary attest to her humility? I'll, I'll ask. Angela always knows the answer to my oh, question. Oh, I don't so. know, but probably do whatever he tells you. Okay, well, well, that's, that's, you could say that, but, but especially... Earlier or later? Earlier. I'll give you a hint, it's at the visitation. Oh, how am I to be, yes, when she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior yeah. before he has looked on the humility yeah. 
of his handmaid. Okay? So, in fact, uh, the medieval saints tell us that Mary was, it was her humility that attracted the Son of God to want to take flesh in her womb. Beautiful idea. Okay, Her humility attracted God. And this is one of the reasons why Mary is the, the head crusher of Satan. Because how did Satan sin? Through pride. Mary's the exact opposite. Okay, What does she say? My soul doth magnify the Lord. She doesn't say me. No, she's given all these gifts and graces. Only God can comprehend it. But no, her soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So everything's to glorify God, not herself. This is, this is true humility, which she, she expresses in her, her, um, her Magnificat. And, you know, total mortification, we, we don't think of this. It's a good thought to think during Lent. Take Mary as your companion during Lent. How she, the saints tell us that Mary only ate enough to keep herself barely alive. She was always mortifying herself, denying herself, you know, food, drink, you know, to conform herself to Christ. Her sublime prayer, she would have been in, you know, you could say a constant state of, of prayer, contemplation of, of Christ, her charity, her hope, all her virtues, okay? So we want to imitate Mary. I think we need a break, and um, we'll return shortly. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. You are invited to the Feast of St. Patrick Dinner. This carryout dinner will take place on Wednesday, March 17th from 3 to 7 at St. Francis de Sales in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Both corned beef and chicken dinners are catered by Celebration on Wells for only $15 each. Mass will also take place at 5.30, followed by Stations of the Cross. Please order online or call 262-248-8524. Hello, it's Father Campbell back for the third segment of our Marian Hour today, March 10th. If you're just joining us, I was talking about how later this month we're celebrating the Annunciation, the Incarnation. Mary gives her fiat, the Son of God becomes man, exactly nine months before the birth of Christ on March 25th. And um, how Mary conceived and then gave birth to Christ, the head, and how she brings forth, gives birth to us, and forms and educates us who are members of Christ. Mary, because she gives, conceives, gives birth to the head, she does so likewise with the members. This is the teaching of the Second Vatican Council and our catechism, number 501. Okay, f now, for the, the last part of this hour, I thought I would just give a little um, uh, 
history of, of a beautiful devotion to Mary that began in the oh early to mid-1800s in Paris, France. There was a church I visited when I, I, I visited Paris, uh, I think my first time. Uh, I was on a little pilgrimage through shrines in France, the Church of Our Lady of Victories, and, you know, that was the first name given to the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory, when uh, Pius V, St. Pius V, um, you know, engaged the Christian forces to battle the Turks at the Battle of Lepanto. They were outnumbered. The wind changed. The faithful were praying the Rosary. And the original title of that feast was Our of our, that feast was Our Lady of Victories, and Mary's intercession, her rosary, has um, helped Christians in, in many other circumstances uh, in, in over the, the, the life of the Church, especially, you know, these past several hundred years, I should say. And so in 1629, King Louis XIII, he erected the Church Our Lady of Victories, in memory of, of the victories that he achieved, but attributing them to the help, with the help of Our Lady. The church was completed in 1740. We fast forward to 1832. August 27th, 1832, um, there's a new pastor that comes in. His name is Father Charles Desgenets, okay, or Desgenets, as you would say it in France, in French, okay, Desgenets. And so for, for the next four years, from 1832 um, on, he tries in vain to revive the spiritual life of the parish, which is dead. It's dead as a doornail, okay? <laughs> it's, it's just, there, there's, it's, it's kind of like John Vianney going to ours, okay? There's, he, he, so in the first days of December, 1836, during the celebration of Mass, um, he really feels troubled over the state of his parish. And he's becoming distracted because, you know, Christmas is coming up and it's like, this, this is just a dead parish. You know, he feels like throwing in the towel. And during the Eucharistic prayer, okay, the Roman canon, he makes a renewed effort to recollect himself. Okay, just, you know, I got to get back focusing my mind on, on the Mass. And it was then he distinctly heard these words, okay? Consecrate your parish to the most holy and immaculate heart of Mary. And after Mass is finished, he's making a thanksgiving. He hears the same words. Consecrate your parish to the most holy and immaculate heart of Mary. And this gave him affirmation then, because first he thought, well, maybe I'm just hearing things, you know, whatever. No, he heard it twice. So he, he thinks, well, I'll, I'll form a religious association to fulfill this request. And he immediately, immediately draws up some statutes. Okay? He, he thinks, you know, he's just going to form a little association in his parish. Uh, these are called confraternities. And he does this in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And it's purpose is to bring honor with a special cult, okay, a special devotion 
um, to Mary's Immaculate Heart, and and also to obtain mercy, divine mercy, for the conversion of sinners. And so he calls this confraternity the most holy and immaculate heart of Mary for the conversion of sinners. Okay. So he's, he's saying, you know, have devotion to Mary's heart in order to convert sinners. Within eight days, the Archbishop of Paris approves the statutes. He must have had an in, I don't know, maybe with the Archbishop, but uh, that was pretty quick. And I think, you know, he probably went and said, hey, you know, I, I heard these words, and the Archbishop says, okay. He, he approves the statutes, and Sunday Mass, December 11th, okay, he announces to his, his small congregation, a few handful of people or whatever, okay, that devotions would begin that evening, okay, Sunday evening, December 11th, to obtain from God, through the intercession of Mary's Immaculate Heart, the conversion of sinners. And um, he's amazed because, I'll, I'll just ask, Angela, guess how many people show up that evening for these devotions? Take a guess. Well, I don't know. What would you think? 33. No, 500. No way. Yes. Yeah, he's got, no one's coming to the parish. 500 people show up. For the conversion of sinners. It wasn't even for something for yes. themselves. Yes, Well, there were probably a lot of sinners in there, too. Yeah, oh, but they probably sinners. didn't view it that way. Right, right. right. Wow. Well, well wow. So, so December 16th, five days later, he erects the confraternity formally, and thereafter, its success its, its success, I should say, um, was phenomenal, just supernaturally. That's the only way you can explain it. Spread throughout Paris, throughout France, throughout the world. Millions of people joined this confraternity in the years that followed, in just the few years that followed. Okay? And uh, I, I discovered in my research little uh, like manuals, hardcover, that were printed out in, in the mid-1800s. And these were in English. I mean, they were translated into, into different languages. It was a very popular confraternity. And millions joined it within, within years. And due to its amazing success, on uh, April 24th, 1838, okay, Pope Gregory XVI issues a brief erecting it in perpetuity. It'll, it'll keep going forever, okay? In the Church of Our Lady of Victories. Wow. It's the arch confraternity of the Most Holy and Immaculate Heart of Mary for the conversion of sinners, and he attaches to it indulgences. Okay, you'll get indulgences, remission of punishment for sin, which you can offer for yourself or a soul in purgatory if you do these devotions. In 1844, the same pope granted the arch fraternity its own mass, they, they drew up a mass just for this confraternity, and, or arch-confraternity. And, um, and Gregory XVI's successors, like Blessed Pius IX, Leo XIII, St. Pius X, they enriched the arch-confraternity with even more indulgences. Okay, so um, it was really uh, just amazing, uh, you know, the the fervor 
uh, of people embracing, uh, you know, these this devotion. And um, anyway, religious orders affiliated their members to the Arch Confraternity and promoted it. And from its very beginning, the Arch Confraternity acknowledged and promoted this idea. And this, I think this is beautiful. This is actually what I did my dissertation on. Okay, that's why I included this, because I, I thought it, um, it fit in very nicely. My, my doctoral dissertation was on um, the development of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in relation to the heart of Jesus because the idea we, we go to Jesus through Mary, we go through her heart to the heart of Christ, okay? And, and um, this is evident, it must have been evident in the thinking of Father Dejeanette who um, uh, makes this clear in, in the prayers and devotions for this Archconfraternity. And it's official manual. It was penned by, by Father Dejeanette. This was in French. Um, an abridged copy of the English in the English was published in 1844. And um, it had already spread through the U.S. by, eight, by 1840, you know, within eight years. And here's, here's the preliminary articles, the statutes. And it says, like, the purpose of, of the Sarge Confraternity. First, to honor by filial veneration, love, and devotion, the sacred and immaculate heart of Mary, Mother of Jesus, our divine Savior. Okay. To render this honor by uniting all our acts of religion, all good works, all our submission to the divine will and the trials, adversities of life, to the precious merits of the sacred heart of Mary, and by proposing to offer with that with that heart and through it to the adorable Trinity and to the divine heart of Jesus, all the homages of adoration and love which we owe them. So this idea of, you know, we're, we're going through the heart of Mary to the heart of Jesus. And you, you may have noticed something, um, just the wording of this, the sacred heart of Jesus. Yeah, we, we usually don't use that terminology uh, it's not popularly used now, but it is very appropriate, and it was used in the past. I think in in over the past century, it's been more of a, a pious tradition to just refer to Mary's heart as the Immaculate Heart or the Sorrowful and Immaculate Heart, and the Heart of Jesus as the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But uh, in in the piety of the Church, uh, calling Mary's heart the Sacred Heart of Mary was was common, you know, in the 1700s, 1800s, and uh, on on first Fridays of the month, I I have a little prayer that I do exposing the Eucharist uh, to the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. I just think it's it's a, it's a nice way to, to to phrase it. So and um, so you know this this idea of going to the heart of Jesus through the heart of Mary and and the statutes of the Archconfraternity made clear, even more emphatically, the relationship between the hearts of Jesus and Mary because it directs that all the members, once they're admitted, wear the miraculous medal. Now, 
think of the timeline here. 1830, um, what was it, 1836, he erects this, um, well, he, he, this is when he receives the message, okay? He, he, he begins uh, formulating the, the uh, association which will be the arch confraternity of the most holy and immaculate heart of Mary for the conversion of sinners. But that is only six years after the miraculous medal, you see. Wow. 1830. Catherine Labore. Yes. Uh, lady appears to Catherine Labore, shows her this, well, appears to her as... As, as a medal, you know, she's got this, this oval shape around her with the words on, on the front side of the medal, which has Mary standing over the earth with her foot over the serpent, her hands, you know, extended out. The words, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us to have recourse to thee. And then the medal, this whole image turns, and then you see on the back side, the M under the cross, and under the M are the hearts of Jesus and Mary. On the left, the heart of Jesus surrounded by thorns, and to the right, next to it, the heart of, of Mary with a sword going through it. Okay, so um, this, this devotion to uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the conversion of sinners, you know, incorporated the devotion to the, immac to the miraculous medal uh, to make it even more efficacious. Anyway, I, I see that we, we are just about getting out of time here. Uh, I'll say that just for our, our listeners, two weeks from today, God willing, I will speak on the uh, Annunciation and, and Mary's role in this, this greatest event in the history of the world. I will say a quick prayer to end. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. And through the intercession of the sorrowful, and Immaculate Heart of Mary. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at wsfipodbean.com.